legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset of brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Today I have a DC Glenn on, also known as DC the Brain Supreme, and we'll have to get into that a little bit today. He is an actor, a voiceover artist, and most of you will probably remember him as half of the platinum-selling 90s hip-hop group Tag Team, creators of the smash hit Whoop There It Is. Let's dig right in, and, and I guess the first question I have for you, DC, is uh, you were born in Chicago, Illinois, and got your start as a performer playing in a band and, and singing in high school before later becoming a successful DJ in Atlanta's hip-hop scene. Mm -hmm. What are some of the earliest musical memories that you have, and did you always want to pursue music professionally? Yes, especially um, when I got to high school because that's when um, I had moved, I switched high schools. I went to Manuel High School in Denver, Colorado, and that was the first time I had seen a high school party with a DJ with two turntables and a mixer. And I was like, I got to do that. And they had a stellar choir. And I was like, I think I could sing. I was like, I got to do that. Steve had a band. They were playing a quad during lunchtime sometimes. I was like, I am going to infiltrate their band. <laughs> and I did all three and became very masterful at it. Got to college and honed my DJ skills, plus learned how to use four track tape recorder and make my own songs and get better at DJing, write lyrics. And when I graduated, I moved down to Atlanta and instantly got a job at a club, it just blossomed from there. You know, whoop, there it is. You know, people ask me, you know, what was the theory behind it? What what, what made you do that? And I was like, man, just like any other song, it's just a song. Well, we didn't have on lab coats and it wasn't a Manhattan project. It was just about guys chasing women on a Friday night, drinking and partying, right? Which was every <laughs> song, that's the basis of every song in country music, rock music, blues, jazz, everything, right? So... Our first attempt to make an up-tempo record because we we're in the Southeast was Womp There It Is, and it blew up, but it was hard. You know, my hubris as a young man thought every record that I was going to do was going to be a hit record, but so I kind of shelved it. And then I started playing it again, and I caught the interest of a guy named Alan Cole who worked at Columbia Records. And he's like, give me that, man. I got to take that to New York. Took it to New York. Now I've got all these labels talking to me, but nobody wants to pull the trigger. And I almost gave up. And a young lady from Mercury Records told me to call Al Bill. And Al Bill is one of the originators of soul music. There were three record companies, uh, Philly International, Motown with Barry Gordy, and Al Bill on Stax Records. And the year before Wound There It Is came out, he put out a record called Daisy Dukes by Deuce, and it went gold. So I was like, I could live with gold. Let me call him. Called him. He called me about two weeks later. And I was like, look, dude, I got a hit record, man. I tested him in the hottest club in the country. Everybody loves it down here. And he's like, all right, let's do it. I was like, don't play with me, dude. <laughs> he's like, nah. He's like, you know, I'll never forget these words. He said, brother, I ain't got to hear it. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. Get this thing moving. I was like, cool. I gave my two weeks at the club I was working at, Magic City. And then a month and a half, tag team was platinum. And the rest is history. Wow. 
So when he said, I could hear it in your spirit. Mm -hmm. He felt it. It wasn't just me saying I got a hit record. It was me like, look, dude, I am a DJ. I DJ in front of a thousand people every night. This is what's happening. Don't miss this. And I said it in passion, right? But what he meant was, I hear it in your spirit. Even if it isn't a good hit record, I want to be around you because your energy is so infectious. And that is how I've always been my whole life. That is why after 29 years, tag team is still viable because when we do a show, it's about energy. Keep the dance floor packed. I've been DJing for 30 years and my life is basically DJ rules, <laughs> right? So you met Steve, you said back in high school, huh? At 11th grade. Sat next to each other because our last names both uh, start with G. I'm Glenn and he's Gibson. Too funny. Yeah, man. How often is tag team still performing these days? Every weekend. I just got back. I just got back from Marietta, Ohio. Incredible show. Then we got to go to, I got to leave for Denver on Thursday. Then we go to Alaska to uh, a Geico office to scoop ice cream for kids for three, four hours. No music. But see, that's the beauty of what we do. See, I am a digital marketer. I am a SEO specialist. I knew that I had to do that. See, most artists expect people to do things for them. And I've never been like that. I'm like, I will learn it myself. I can't do everything, but I can learn everything. And the things that I learned, I teach to other people. And if they're worthy, if they hustle hard enough, then they become part of my team. And I love when things are hard because I know nobody else is going to do it. And I have a formula. I just don't quit ever. I love it. I learned about estate planning, right? Very, very difficult. But now I have a living trust. I could change it when I want to. If anything happens, everybody's not caught off guard and running through my stuff, trying to figure out where stuff is at. It's already set. And people don't realize the value of that. People don't want to think about it. And I'm like, why would you do that to your people? So I am a little different. I play offense. I plant seeds. That's all I care about. But when you go and get it yourself and you go and you plant those seeds, things fall out of the sky on you that you never could have imagined. Yeah, for sure. So your hit made it, you know, 58 on the Billboard's greatest songs of all time. That is, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. In the history of recorded music, we have made a career on one song. That's not because it's luck. Because if it was luck, it would have just came and it would have faded like all, all the other hit one hits, right? No. I have put in work over a 30-year span to keep this record going, how to stay relevant. How to? I'm a part of 20 different organizations that help me do that because that is the key to learning things fast is joining organizations because organizations are filled with people who've been doing something, who are masterful at their profession for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They have all the resources and the people that are in it are there to help you and they can't wait to run their mouth and spill everything they got so they can teach you. I just joined the uh, Grant Writers Association of America, not because I want to learn how to write grants, because that's where all the grant writers are. So if I have ideas on how to get grants, I can go to them and they can write them and then I'll be more successful at getting funded to do what I want to do. That's awesome. Well, you talked about luck mm -hmm. and luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And that's what you do all the time is you're preparing and getting better and what's the next opportunity it's 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 not luck no nah, man whatever opportunity i get i try to turn it into 10 and i do and it all stays within my ball of focus because i have to say no to a lot of things because it's not within my ball of focus but if it serves me and it serves my ball of focus then let's learn it real quick 
I don't expect anything from all this hard work. I don't plant a seed, say, okay, seed, I need you to work. Come on, seed, work, please work, seed. No, seed's not working. I quit. Now, we all know people like that. I'm not like that because I plant that seed, keep it moving. And 28 years ago, I planted a seed called Wound, there it is. And now it's a sequoia. It's not going anywhere. I got redwood forests. I got all kind of forests and shrubbery and oak trees. And they all come back to serve me in ways I could have never imagined. Like everybody, I feel like there's ups and downs, Mm -hmm. you know, in life. And you had to at one point borrow money from your parents to make your own records, you know, work hard to make others believe that you could be successful. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs that are facing roadblocks? How do they overcome them? How do they, I like to call it BBF, bounce back fast when they have challenges. What advice do you have from a person that's had a lot of struggles to get to that next step? One, you know, just don't quit. Two, it's always going to suck. It's always going to suck. There's always going to be trauma. But I take these opportunities to vow that'll never happen again. You know, when I was young, we had a bad record deal. That'll never happen again. So I learned finance, became a licensed commodities broker. And I said, you know what? I should have known my business better when I signed that record deal. Let me run my life like a corporation, right? There's treasure in trauma. It's just how you see it. And you could be depressed and fearful and all those negative adjectives and still keep it moving. You can do two things at once. What's the difference between good and great people? Great people do it anyway. I don't want to wake up and do half the stuff that I do, but that's not going to stop me. This is what the pandemic taught me. In life, there there are no mistakes. There are no missed opportunities. As long as you breathe in, you can correct all of it. You know, perfect example. We did a, a Mickey Mouse record with Disney. In 1994, and I got I had to teach Mickey and Mouse and Minnie Mouse, the husband and wife team, how to rap. And they were teaching me about animation. And I could have started animation because I was in Disney doing it. But I was DC tag team. Won't there it is. And I beat myself up for years because I was there. Right. I do 10, 15 voiceover projects a year. I have masterful voiceover this week on NBC. 1995, I'm in the office of New Line Cinema. My manager and the president went to school together. He's like, yeah, man, I might want to audition you for this movie. Uh, Wesley Snipes and Ella Kuja are fighting for the leads. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talk to my manager. He said, the movie's called, it's a vampire movie called Blade. I beat myself up for years because mm. I was there. But now I'm an actor. I'm in three movies. I've got five TV shows under my belt. I started in 2017. So all those mistakes were corrected, right? As long as you breathe in, there's nothing you can't do. But you have to make up your mind. You're all these projects and multifaceted ability to entertain, whether it's voiceovers or this TV show mm-hmm. or music or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How do you balance your life to move from one project to the next to the next with with your time? Learn how to say no. You got to learn how to say no. Like I said, if does if it doesn't fit in my ball of focus. I can't do it. Like right now I'm on two, I'm on two tours right now with tag team. So therefore I can't do as many acting auditions as I would normally do because they're conflicts. I just go hard, man. I just, I just keep pushing. Like I said, I don't, I don't expect anything. And when you don't expect anything, you work that much harder because you don't have those doubts and those negative thoughts pulling you back because those are the things that keep you stuck. Why isn't this happening for me? Or you're, you're worried about the wrong thing instead of just trudging forward and getting through it. And I, I tell people, they're like, man, you can't do that. I was like, okay. Now, most people are like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm like, yeah, you're right. 
But what if I pull back an inch? You can't do that either. What if I pull back another inch? What's that look like? Well, you're doing this and you're doing these things. All you might have to do is just join this and then switch to that. Then you pull it back. Well, you're basically doing that right there. Pull back a little bit more. Now you're back to practicality, what you're doing now. And what you've just done is you just created a reverse business plan with a step ladder to your goals and dreams. So you got the blueprint. Now it's time to put in the work. And that's when you see what people are made of. When you're on the road, do you see, you seem to be such a teacher. You love talking to people and, mm -hmm. and sharing your story. Do you find yourself with the crew and with the other band teaching? When we fly out, I fly out a day early. And as soon as I get there, I give me a big jug of water. I go down to the hotel lobby and set up my control center, which is two laptops, iPads, four phones. And I sit there and I grind. And when the other artists come in, they know exactly what I'm doing because they see me do it. That's, not, that's all they see me do. And when they see me do it, they ask, they ask me questions. And then when they ask questions, they become enlightened and they realize that they're thinking the wrong way. I open them to a whole nother way of thinking about what we do. People are starting to come back and be like, man, you are so inspiring. Now I'm sitting down in the hotel lobby preaching to everybody, right? I love to do that because I know my blessings come from giving what I want first. And I think I love my life more today because I get to do a bunch of stuff a little bit. Then it never becomes a job. I mean, I'm starting my motivational speaking career because I joined NSA, National Speaking Association. I love NSA. Yeah, love I'm, NSA. and I'm being trained by the big, the, the big mentors at NSA. They gave me their whole game. I'm working on a TED Talk. I'm working on all kinds of stuff. What rapper gets up there and does a TED Talk, right? Not many. Not many at all. But I know if I got up there and I did my 15 minutes, I'm going to leave people floored. You are. Don't give up NSA, my friend. It that's, that's the next big thing. Yep. So DC, you, you've done the voiceovers, the shows. Now you're speaking with NSA. I've been to several of their conference and you're right. Mm -hmm. It's such a great forum. You're in working with crypto and your own line of NFTs. You're, you just got into the food business. You're launching tag team ice cream. Do you get bored or is it like, no, if I can have more projects in the fire, it's good. It seems like you are trying to leave a legacy. I mean, all I can do is be the example. That's it. When I was younger, I was like, my goal is to be in history books. Boom, there it is. All the commercials, the Geico commercial. My legacy, I don't even think about my, I feel like I'm just getting started. I love to, that's my favorite thing to do is learn. People freak out when they turn 50 and they get the AARP card. It's just like, I'm old, I'm officially old. And it's like, no, you're not. As long as you're breathing, there's nothing you can't do. Period. I love the fact that I didn't start acting until I was 50 because that narrative sounds better. You didn't start acting until he was 50. <laughs> you see what I'm Heck saying? Yeah, I, I hope we're not over the hill at 50. I'm 57 and feel like I'm 30. I'm 56 <laughs> and I'm forever 32. I don't subscribe to it. So everything for me is about health and hustle. I love it. Let me ask you one last question. I got I could I could talk with you for years just of all your experiences and whatnot. But you said earlier on, you know, you're back on the road. Tag mm -hmm. team's back on the road. How does it still feel to be performing and presenting after 30 years? And what's next for you as far as the band and any new music planned or what's going on with that? For me, it's crazy because when we do shows, the energy is just bananas and I'm the party starter. What better way to start? What is what, what else is there 
better to do than start the party. And when we start the party, we make it very difficult for anybody who comes on after us. <laughs> and I take joy in that because I get one step closer to mastery in our performances because I know how to read people. I spent a lifetime in a DJ booth, which is, you know, looking at human nature. So I know what to do, know what to say, know how to move the crowd, know how to put these things together. And every show is different because you never know what you're going to come against. I won't know what I'm going to do till I get on stage. I have a forever hit record. I realized that in 2003 when I'm sitting in a movie theater and Will Ferrell's dancing on the table to, to Elf. I'm like, this record's going to last forever because it's in a Christmas movie that's a hit. And it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, I wish that we had a... a- an eight-hour show because I, I didn't even get to half the questions I wanted to ask you, but I want to thank you for spending time with us. If somebody has a question for you, wants to book you, wants to get into your head a little bit, how would people get in touch with you? Here's a tip. Make all your platforms the same. So all you have to do is type in DC Glenn and you will find me. You'll find my agent. You'll find me. You'll find all my social networks. You'll find tag team. You'll find all tag teams. So all you got to do is type in my name. Or if you type in whoop, there it is. If you type in tag team or anything that has to do with what I've done, all links together and you will find me. Awesome. I, and I want to thank you for letting me come on here and just run my mouth. I've learned a lot today. I love it. We just love having you today, my friend. You take care. You too. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.